welcome to a very special edition of Covered in Glory, where instead of talking about this week's games, we are going to determine the future for three of our friends here at the Extra Points Podcast Network. First up today, you have the man, the myth, the legend, one Dr. Dave Damashek. How are you today, Dave? Well, I'm swell and I'm intrigued, fellas. As you may have heard, football American version is now a wrap until all the offseason uh mysteries start to get solved here i mean all i have is hockey at this point i'm i'm in the market for another sport so i i hope you guys can help me out today oh we are so excited to have you in the market you are one of the most eligible bachelors i know in the sporting space because once you get in you get in the the hook sink deep with mr damashek i've known that forever true true that yeah listen talk me in or out of that you know steer me right you know i love we've talked about it uh, a bit um i love so many things the framework of the premier league how it operates season in and season out there's so many things that american sports could use and apply and make sports certainly baseball uh better if they did some of the premier league stuff but now the issue is which team because i i the biggest weirdos are the people when you say like are you a football fan like yeah, what's your team? Like, I don't really have one. Just like watching yeah. good play. Like, what? <laughs> kind of weirdo. How can you invest in a sport if you don't have a team? So let's 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 build this floor at the start this building at the first floor. I gotta have a team. That's exactly right. And I I came on extra points and uh, Brett and I came on and we talked to you a little bit about why you should be a soccer fan in general. You nodded your head. You love saying Lukaku. Uh, you really <laughs> got behind that. So I think we got you. So now we just have to build that first level. We have to pick your team. So have you been giving it any thought? Now that you have Brett and I here, let's work this out. I have, and I have a strong lean already. I've, I've, ca- I've consulted one of my oldest pals, uh, a Pittsburgher too, who so it doesn't come naturally um, to him, but he did it for the sake of his kids. He said, I feel like, you know, this is the 21st century sport and I need to be relatable. And this was uh, like 12, 15 years ago for him that he said, like, I'm going to do this as opposed to imposing my rooting interests in American football, basketball, hockey, and otherwise, let's pick a team together and grow into the sport as fans uh, cross generationally. And, and and I was inspired by that. And he gave me some some helpful hints along the way. But now I'm dealing with the experts. Where do you guys yeah. think Dave Damashek belongs? Well, well Damashek, one of history's most potent lovers. Do you have to pick four different teams, one for each kid? Or do you think you're going to be able to get all the brood behind one? I, I yeah, Listen. The re, uh, you're right about my winning ways with uh, with the ladies, but um, also, <laughs> I mean that. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I said anything funny about. That. I mean, that was, that was a statement of fact. Okay, anyhow, a statement of fact. No joking. Um, but yes, um, I, I want my kids to be their own people. I, I don't imp- I, like. I say, I, imposing my rooting interests. I get a little casual about it. Um, so I'll allow for some variation within the tribe, but if we can all settle on one team, all the better, because that was one of the tips that I was given by my pal, David Gefsky. He told me that uh, these are the things he told me and, and, and you tell me how you guys respond. He said, one, what it builds to in success is a family trip across the Atlantic to watch your team play which makes great sense to me, of course. What an unforgettable singular experience that would be. He said, but you don't really, from a lifestyle standpoint, do you want to go to Manchester, Liverpool, or London? Obviously, you want to wind up in London, unless you're mm-hmm. a diehard Beatles guy, I guess, or something. But it seems to me that, that London is the obvious choice there. So you want a London-based team. I thought that was a, that was a key detail. Where do we, from, from that point, where do we go? Yes. Okay. So we're narrowing it down already. And I know in talking to you over the years that you are a huge fan of the concept of relegation, but yes. I don't know if you want to be on the blaster end of a relegation <laughs> battle or not. So are you looking to be like, okay, I like the idea of it, but I don't want my team wrapped up in it. Or are you like, man, I like the idea of it so much. I want the thrill of possibly losing something in the drop. Or do you want to stay away from that? Listen, Call me a lot of pejorative words, but don't. Uh, but one thing I'm not is a front runner. 
I would never jump in on a team. I'll, so many people do that at, at you know, um, ages where it's easy to influence. Uh, I, I, I don't want to name names, so I, so I won't, um, which spares Sal the embarrassment of me naming his <laughs> name. But, but, but Sal jumped in on, I think it has something to do with the fact that he's a contrarian by nature. So his old man liking a New York-based pro football team kind of guided Sal. Sal has a whole thing about that his father brought him a Cowboys hat or whatever um, back from a, a business trip to Dallas, and that's what made Sal a Cowboys fan. But I also think it's he wanted to be his own guy and root for his own team. Either way, coincidentally or not, the Dallas Cowboys were one of the two best teams in pro football when Sal decided a New York guy, a, a, a kid up in Long Island, out of all the teams in football, chose to embrace a Texas-based team? Fishy. Anywho, I don't want to <laughs> attack Sal. Um, I don't want to be a front runner. So, uh, so, so for me, the high-end teams, the ones that have been thriving for the last decade, I don't want anything to do with it. I, I don't want that stink on me of me right. jumping in on a bandwagon. I want to buy low, you see, and, and grow with the team. So I feel like th it's not their success. It's our success together. But you're right. Relegation, and to prove how much I love relegation, I wish it would happen in Major League Baseball. And I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. They'd be they'd be in line for relegation every single year. And yet I still sign off on it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, I cannot recruit you to the Blue Army in good faith then or good conscience because – Chelsea has won every single trophy available as of last week. There are no mountains left to conquer or hills to climb. And even though you hail from the banks of the three rivers and the city of the champions, you don't want to join that. You want a slightly different experience. So the team I would love for my friend Dave Damashek to join, I've got to rule out because you are a man of principle. I respect it. Uh, so that leaves us a few other oh, so choices. I thought you were so you were offering me Chelsea if I wanted to jump I could I could make that I'm literally, I'm literally on this podcast to make sure no one jumps on that show <laughs> okay, okay. give me some really, feedback objectively because Toby knows me better my wants and uh, likes yeah. and dislikes Brett guide me what, what would you so, just say to Brett, an average well, I mean, American I mean, there's who's really, looking there's to get really it. only two teams if you're looking for a London Pace team this is building towards a family trip there's really only two options left if you don't want to be a front runner. And that's yeah. probably no, 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 no. Hold on. There's more than two because no. the Spurs are not running in front of anything right now. The, the Spurs, Spurs are absolutely the on the, the table. World. They have one of the best. Yeah, but what do they want? World. He said he, he said he wants right. to be part of the climb. Fine. He doesn't want to join somebody who's won anything recently. When was the last time the Spurs won anything? The Spurs are in play here. Don't take them off the list. Okay. Uh, I'm I was thinking, you know, listening to Damshek talk that it's gonna be an outside the big sixteen. He wants to he wants to have a team that starts outside. I had the no one six and moves their way in. And I think that I, I just listen to everything that he's saying. I think West Ham, that might be his team. He's got, they got a solid manager. They just opened a new stadium. So they have a growth that they start doing really well to like have more revenue coming in. They um, are going to probably play again in one of the continental competitions. So another added bonus is you could take a trip to London and then maybe go watch them in Paris. Um, so they and their manager, David Moyes, is the reason that I became an Everton fan. He was kind of yeah. like the Billy Bean of soccer um, way back in the early 2000s. Everton had a very shoestring budget before the Premier League became like a super league. Um, and Moyes' thing was he basically had to sell a guy to buy maybe one or two guys that would plug holes. And he never and he basically never missed doing this. And he kind of took Everton from this ho-hum run of the mill club into a team that would battle the giants, you know, kind of year in and year out, including their kind of miracle run into the top four. I think it was like in 2004 um, to play in the champions league. So this is the guy that's in charge of West Ham and they kind of have this like funky team where they have like, uh, I don't want to say it's the Island of misfit toys, but like they have an emerging star in this guy named Jared Bowen and Bowen came from, you know, a, a championship club, the level below, he was kind of like a decent young guy that they bought, but he wasn't like a guy that when they, they acquired him, you're like, holy shit, like they're getting the next, you know, big soccer star. But kind of slowly but surely, Bowen's kind of worked his way up. They have a, a cat named Mikel Antonio, who is uh, one of the most physically impressive athletes in the Premier League. And Antonio had like a few decent, okay years, and he kind of floated around. You didn't really know what kind of attacker he was. Was he a winger? Was he a striker? Um, and then the last couple of years under Moyes, 
he's become, it's like a late career renaissance kind of over his soccer prime. And he's basically been one of the best uh, goal scorers in the premier league over the last two years. So they have a lot of cool stories they have a lot of fun players. Like Thomas Sweetcheck is this giant six foot four central midfielder that like doesn't do central midfield things. He basically heads balls out of his own box and in the opponent box. And he's a very unique kind of fun guy to watch. And, and maybe Toby, can you get behind this because Declan Rice is on the team? No, I cannot get behind oh it. My I, God. I'm, fr- I'm afraid to cut. I have to cut you off. You picked a David Moyes led team back in your, uh, yeah. your impressionable period and you hate the team you picked. So why are you leading another soul down this path? That is just mean. Secondly, I know Dave Damashek very well and he is the uniformant. He's going to look at the West Ham uniforms and he's going to throw up. There's no way that the uniformant is ever going to back a team with that color combination. There's no chance. Mergler gets it. Those (laughs) uniforms stink. Burgundy and light blue. The Colorado Avalanche, the Michigan Panthers, and West Ham. Now, I do love ham. I do think that uh, bone-in <laughs> ham is the most underrated of all breakfast meats. Now, you see the ham at Christmas time or whenever. What you want to do is you want to shave some nice slices off of it. The next morning after, you take that, you drop it into a pan, listen to it sizzle up. Thank me when you finish your delicious uh, bone-in <laughs> ham breakfast. Um I don't like the uniforms. Brilliant that. I want to start to, that's what the thing I got to ramp up. I got to, I like when Americans suddenly start talking in English soccer terms uh, because they're talking about English soccer and they say stuff like, uh, well, I just said like, brilliant that, like stuff like that. Like (laughs) you're, you're from Altoona, Seth. You don't know, you're not, you're not suddenly British, but here's what I'm thinking. You mentioned them. The uniforms are a little pedestrian, you know, black and gold is, 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 you know, generally where my heart will lead me. But I like the idea of the Spurs. I like Tottenham because they're in London. They are not like I'm uh, uh, an especially um, religious guy or religious at all, but the Jewish background and the support mm, for that yes. makes makes some sense there. They're righteous for what that matters. Um, it feels they're on the right side of history and uh, progressive thought and all that kind of thing. If that uh, sort of thing appeals to you, but, but frankly, um, I think the reason is, is because exactly what you said, what would you, what you would say about them as a negative is exactly why I would want to embrace them. I want to buy a low stock here. They're in the Premier League. It's not like they're, you know, three levels down or anything. It's a, yeah, I, that would be, although there's some in, uh, something interesting about that. But it's also hokey. And when people buy a Toledo Mud Hens hat because it's like got a cutesy, silly yeah. name in like a third, a third tier kind of town or something like that, I don't want to dig that low. I have some dignity to preserve. So I think. If you guys sign off on it, and I, I sincerely won't do it if you guys tell me a, a compelling reason I should turn my nose up at them, I feel like Tottenham kind of fits the bill on uh, I, at several levels. The red, white, and blue uniforms, meh, aside. Yeah, no, I, Dave, I like this for you. The, the Jewish connection, I think, makes complete sense. Um, I wish they had a little more flair in their uniform. I know that like plain white is not going to quite do it for you, but nah. they might add an accent piece in, in the future years that the uniform it can get behind. Uh, you're right. They're right in London and they're going to be competitive, but they're not, they're absolutely not like a juggernaut. Like, um, so you're not joining up and like rooting for, no, you never would the Cowboys right. or the Lakers or the Yankees. I, I sign off on it, but before you make a full commitment to it, Brett, please tell him a little bit about Spurs soccer and what he's going to be watching on Saturday mornings. I also do want to make a request, Toby. Can you can we spend some of that extra points money? Because the goalie doesn't have to dress like everybody else. Maybe if we got him into if we could get him an extra points jersey, black and gold, if you please. Now we'd really be cooking (laughs) with gas. Then then there would then it would make all the sense in the world. Oh my gosh. You just put it out. My 2032 budget is now spent. So we'll be, be ready by it. that. Uh, so yeah, Brett, tell him a little bit about what he's going to be watching on Saturday morning from the Spurs. Well, the, the one thing I will say 
we you're kind of we're all kind of trashing Spurs from the fact that they, yes they haven't won a trophy but they just were in the Champions League final so let's not act like they've been a doormat exactly um, but no I mean I, I think Dave what you're getting is uh, you're getting Harry Kane so Harry Kane I, I don't know how much you, you follow him but he's kind of like England's um, favorite son you know stayed with Spurs this whole time wanted to leave for Manchester City kind of pouted a little bit almost left stayed with Spurs. They got him, they had this manager, Antonio Conte. I don't know if Toby's told you about him, but Conte is fucking insane. That is really the only way that you can put it. In the best way possible. In the best way. Also, also, Dave, like a little bit swarthy. A little bit swarthy on the sideline. It's great. It's, yeah. it's your kind of look. Crazy and swarthy? I mean, uh, who are we describing? Him or me? <laughs> <laughs> he's, also, he's also handsome, so three for three. Done and done. Perfect. Yeah, I like that. I like that quite a bit. The only thing I, my only concern, I don't have to drink Harry Kane's brother's bathwater at any point, right? I don't, I, I don't believe so. Okay, good. Only, that, I mean, I don't know what think, Toby has yeah. working behind the scenes, but I don't think so. No, only if we form a uh, gambling pool and you come in last. Then you got to drink Harry Kane's brother's bathwater. That's the only way we're going to end up in that Fair. situation. Fair. Uh, so, so, look, they... They play uh, good soccer. They they spend. They're usually in Europe, as as uh, Brett just said. They were in the Champions League final a couple of years ago. But Brett, to be fair, like if you walked up to somebody from England and who walked into America, it's like I'm going to pick an NFL team. Who'd you pick? Uh, the Bengals. You front runner. It's like right. no. I mean, just just because they were just in a championship game doesn't make them a championship front running franchise. Uh, so I like this pick for you. I am going to make a request that you watch a little bit of them, make sure it sinks in, and then you come back to confirm your pick and give us a uniform review of the other teams that you saw throughout the league. Cause we have not properly dug into uniforms yet on this podcast. Cause I would never deign to take the territory of the uniformant without his collaboration. Done and done, but please Mergler, they're not uniforms. They're kits. <laughs> oh, Look who's look who's converted already. Look who's from Altoona using the correct language. I love it. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Dave, for joining. You are the newest, newest Spurs fan, which makes you my mortal enemy. But uh, hopefully we can still remain friends off the pitch. Thanks Spurs. for joining pew, us. Pew, 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 pew. Is that what we do in the stands? Is that what we do that's when we exact, watch the Spurs? That's exactly it. Start it and get yeah. trending. Get it trending. Yeah, make, pew, 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 make sure pew, you pew. walk into the local chapter of the Spurs LA fan club doing that, and they will accept you immediately. Just trust me. <laughs> Brilliant, that. All right, everybody. Now with us is Kevin Hench. And unlike our friend Dave Damashek, who's picking a team fresh, uh, Kevin has been watching soccer for many, many years, gambles on the sport, and until very recently had a favorite team. So, Hench, why don't you give people the background of who you rooted for and why you're on the program picking a new team today? Okay. So, it, you know, it's perfect. It's just perfect timing. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the Phil Mickelson quote yesterday it's all gonna it's all gonna tie in with my my change to a new team but so Mickelson I don't want to quote I don't want to misquote Phil so I'll read it off my phone Phil Mickelson says they killed Jamal Khashoggi and have a horrible record on human rights they execute people over there for being gay this is all about Saudi Arabia and, and Mohammed bin Salman, who some people call Mohammed Bone Salman because he dismembered a journalist in Turkey. Uh, Phil goes on to say, knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. So Phil Mickelson, no problem getting in bed with evil dictators. And by the way, on, on this score, he's got good company, right? Because LeBron James, no, no problem with Chinese concentration camps and wiping out free speech in Hong Kong as long as it feathers his bed. So, so Phil Mickelson, I'm sure is a Republican. LeBron James, I know, is a Democrat. Ironically, you know, Phil's a lefty and LeBron's a righty. <laughs> but they're, they're both ambidextrous when it comes to grabbing money from evil dictators like it's fucking insane that that the, the almighty dollar for guys who by the way have an infinite amount of almighty dollars already like, <laughs> how much more money do you need like maybe you sit out the the uh partnership with mohammed bone sawman now 
not having been offered, not having to have the moral test that that LeBron and Lefty have failed because no one's offering me hundreds of millions of dollars to be to be in business with evil dictators. I get to abandon Newcastle United, my my longtime EPL team, now that they've been purchased by the Saudi wealth fund, which everyone wants to pretend is not MBS. Oh, no, 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 no. There's 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 layers. Yeah, I know. This is like a congressman's blind trust. He, he has no idea. He has no idea that he's profiting on COVID medicine. What a coincidence. What a fucking coincidence. Like, yeah, okay. He runs everything and now he owns Newcastle United. Congratulations, Jordies. Your your owner is a monster. Uh, who, who Phil is on the record. He's on the record saying that guy killed Jamal Khashoggi. So when this goes down, I thought uh, up on Tyneside, there'd be protests, you know, shit getting burned in effigy, not on our watch. We'd rather go down to the championship. We'd rather play in league two than, than have this fucking monster own us. Nope. Not <laughs> nary a peep of protest from the Geordies in Newcastle who are like, finally, we'll have some money. Maybe we can get a fucking striker in here. So that's sad. That's I mean, depressing. There was a lot of like Mohammed bin Salman cosplay in celebration, actually. It was insane. You're like, oh my God, they're wearing the kafias. Oh, they're celebrating. Holy shit. So anyway, yeah. sad, yeah. sad news. Uh, uh, unlike, unlike Phil and LeBron, who just go along to get along. And, and by the way, Two of the top 10 most compensated athletes of all time. Like, like Phil, the PGA Tour has been bad to you. You got to set it straight. Oh, interesting. So anyway, so I'm, you know, just a lowly supporter looking for a new EPL team so I can sleep at night. Um, and uh, I mean, do you, do you just want the big reveal or do you want to discuss it a little bit? No. So I do want to discuss it a little bit, but first I want to like applaud you on uh, that opening and going through Phil Mickelson's timeline to affect your decision-making. I assume next time I see you, it's going to be nothing but like eating hamburgers and drinking milkshakes. Cause I assume that's the rest of what Phil does on Twitter. Well, uh, I'm not, there won't be any empty carbohydrates for me, but uh, I will <laughs> eat a protein style, animal style, double, double from in and out for sure. <laughs> uh, all right. So before the big reveal, you routinely send me uh, betting slips. You are absolutely a madman. You sent me one the other week because you were super upset at a last second goal because the other part of your parlay had already cashed, which was Manchester City dropping points. They hadn't dropped points in 12 straight matches, but somehow in the 13th, you rolled the dice with it, somehow hit it. And then I think it was Liverpool on a last second goal caused you to, uh, to tear it up. So like you are betting insane things. And so I can't actually wait to hear who you select because it could be, it could be anything right now. So tell us before, before you tell us the name, tell us what went into your decision of how you were going to renounce Newcastle and pick somebody new to uh, rant about. Right. Well, the, the so I think it's sort of a process of elimination. You know, it's like um, aesthetically, you know, what what Pep's teams do, the the way it looks, you know, the, just the joy of watching the, the beautiful game. You, you're not going to do better than Manchester City, but like what kind of a puss would fucking jump on that bandwagon at this point? Like that's, that's well, as I, immoral, that's as more immoral as MBS. Like you can't pick Manchester city on this run. This is, this is such good uh, content. Cause as soon as yeah. somebody checks Manchester city, we are smash cut editing these two things together. So <laughs> thank you for that. That's pathetic. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys, you guys get it. Like you, you kind of have to have, uh, you know, if you root for someone like Newcastle, um, or, or a team that's perennially in the, in the relegation fight or, or a team like Norwich that goes up and down or QPR that goes up and down, you know, you also have to have a big team that you also root for against the other big teams or your, mm -hmm. your whole season is just depressing as you try to finish 17th, you know? Yep. So Brett's an Everton fan. He's very familiar with what you're talking about. Right. So, I, so I already I, know all this just very quietly. Well, well, when I came, so when I was, was, um, choosing both Newcastle and then my sort of my big club that I, that I rooted it for against the, the really big club, Manchester United was, you know, won every year basically. And so you're like, you can't root for the Yankees. They were the Yankees at, at, you know, peak, peak Jeter, Mariana, Mariana Rivera years. So like you go, okay, 
I'll root for the noisy neighbors. I'll root for Manchester City. I'll root for the Blues against the Reds. And they'll be the, the up and comers. And then very quickly, starting with Mancini all the way through Pep, like, well, the noisy neighbors are now the Yankees. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's yeah. like, so, so, and, and actually, you know, I really liked Solskjaer. I think he, he was such a good guy and obviously not, you know, not very successful at Man U, but like, it's, it's it, so much has gone wrong at Manchester United since Sir Alex stepped down that they're, they're kind of unhateable. Like they're, they're kind of pathetic now, like not, you're, you're wondering, can they challenge for top four? So, you know, I can't go all the way to Man U, but I can kind of eliminate the two Manchester teams um, from, from my consideration. Uh, Liverpool is kind of a logical choice as a Red Sox fan. You know, I could, you know, I, I have, I have Tom Werner's uh, phone number, which. Oh, humble brag. He, he responds to when he needs something from me, but I've never, I've never tried it. I've never tried it for, for tickets. Um, but anyway, that's the logical sort of Red Sox connection yep. of, uh, of going to Liverpool, but let's face it, Liverpool right now with Klopp and Salah, you know, and, and they looked awesome against Inter in, in the champions league, like that, that, that would also be a huge front runner. So you're sort of eliminating teams um, you know, and the, so as I look at London and I think Arsenal would be, would be a very smart pick if I was, if I was being smart right now and, and not kind of going, uh, trying to be a little more, um, creative, uh, Arsenal, though, that young nucleus is excellent. And I like what they're doing there, but that also feels a little too easy. So where I'm landing away from the North London Derby. I'm landing on West Ham, uh, the Hammers, as as my as my new squad. Jared wow. Bowen and David Moyes are coming into somebody's life. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, you know, it was a very tough choice, obviously, but I, I've always kind of had a, a soft spot for them given, you know, the, the, the redheaded stepchild fucking London existence of West Ham. Um, and I really, I really like that central midfield of Declan Rice and Thomas Suchek. Although I guess people are kicking Declan Rice's tires. Um, <laughs> he may not, he may not be a hammer much longer. Uh, but I, you know, I like a team that that's slightly overachieving. I've always liked Moyes, um, you know, d- despite his flameouts in, in other places. Uh, so, and, and, you know, there was a brief period there. Um, this is really nerdy, but, uh, I remember Kevin Nolan, he was, you know, he was a Newcastle player uh, who who had some success at West Ham. And I I had him one year. I won my fantasy league three years in a row. So I always have a soft spot for guys like, you know, why do you love Raphael Vandervaart? Are you kidding? <laughs> he single-handedly won me my fantasy league. Um, so anyway. Hench, won, Hench won his fantasy soccer league three years in a row and has Tom Warner's number. Sorry, ladies, he's already taken. Yeah, <laughs> he's not available. Well, they're done masturbating by now. I'm sure they, don't, they don't need my number. Uh, oh, West so, Ham. All right. You, so are you, ex- are you excited to be a hammer? Oh, you know, uh, our producer, Mikey Meatballs, he also picked the hammer. So we have two new hammers at the Extra Boys oh, nice. Network. Nice. I, I'm, I'm, I am excited. I mean, look. So you're basically saying, you know, you're setting your sights at top four this season, but you're also probably realistically setting that as a, as a permanent life goal. You know, you're, you're not going to contend for the title title. Um, but you know, Europa league, uh, mid table, you're probably not going to get dragged deep into the relegation battle year after year after year, like some teams. So it it feels semi-safe without, without being uh, lazy. You know, yeah. you'll still you'll still suffer. Not like Jamal Khashoggi suffered, but you'll <laughs> suffer a little. Uh, you know, and I have a, I have really good Geordie friends uh, from the North Country, uh, and and they didn't bat an eye. They did not bat an eye. They were so excited for the looming spending spree. Yeah. By the way, by the way, do you want to play for that fucking guy if you miss a penalty kick that would have got <laughs> you into the Champions League? <laughs> You're getting disappeared in about two days. Yeah. I'd rather play so, for Pablo Escobar's team, man. <laughs> so, so Brett Hedge, uh, Hedge definitely knows a lot about the games. Watched it a lot. He's played it before he tore his ACL. But tell him something he might not know about West Ham when you do all the analytics that you do. 
Well, I, so uh, I don't know, there's a, a model out there and, and soccer, um, you know, is, is kind of catching up to the NBA, I would say, in terms of where analytics are at, you know, probably maybe equivalent to the NFL right now. But there's a model out there. It's called the Davies model. And essentially what it does is it combines every action on the pitch that a player does into like an overall value that adds or subtracts goals from their team. And so naturally, you know, city is so balanced. They don't really have too many guys that are in the top 10, but like the four Liverpool studs that you would think of are in the top four of this model, right? It's Salah, it's Mane, it's Jota, and it's Trent Alexander-Arnold. The guy that's fifth, Jared Bowen. So we have, been, we have been big Bowen heads on, on this podcast um, because he is kind of, I think Bowen's like 25 now, 26. So he's hitting his soccer prime. And there are a lot of metrics that we're starting to see that are showing that he might be coming like, the next big star, which is kind of fun. Like if you're a West Ham fan, right? Because you're either going to have this guy that's like really good, but maybe not so good that a team is going to play like the premier league premium to move him up a level. And he's definitely not a guy that's like going to go play for like Madrid. Um, so you could keep him, And then you have this really good player for the next few years that you can kind of build, you know, your team around, or he does take a leap. You enjoy that for a year. Then Chelsea comes in with 120 million and then David Moyes is a bunch of money to throw around. And then you have some fun where maybe Moyes, you know, picks another diamond in the rough or a, or a couple. And then, you know, it's like the Leicester city thing where they hit on just the right two signings. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have the, this miracle run of the, uh, the championship, uh, and, you know, I think, I think it's fun. I think West Ham is really interesting. Well, that's actually, it's kind of funny. Like, it's great if you have those internal analytics, but once they get out there, like those diamonds that you would like to kind of hide uh, yeah. from the world, when, when somebody says, you know, Jared Bowen's been the fifth most productive player in the EPL, suddenly, you know, everyone goes, oh, well, well we, you know, we can just take, you know, these teams that can just take players, just make you an offer you can't refuse. Um, that, that is, that's, that's, it's funny that kind of passes the eyeball test when you think about his, his, he's always doing something positive. Like he's yeah. such a player. Um, the, the, uh, I got it. What's it? The Davies. It's called the Davies model. The Davies model. I remember once I was watching a, a, um, it was sort of like in football, it was called the shrine game. The, the New Hampshire football all-star high school all-stars would play the Vermont high school all-stars. And they started doing something similar for soccer. And I was sitting next to like a college scout and he was scouting the game and he was making notes, but he was talking to himself during, during the scouting. And he would go, he would go first touch, good second touch, good third touch lost possession. And, or he would go first touch, bad, no, no second touch, but it was like a very distilling it down to like, yeah, if you have a bad first touch, you're not going to have a second touch, you know, that, that yeah. and, and my buddy Glenn Sitwell that I played with for 15 years, who's from Newcastle uh, and is uh, unbothered by the new ownership. Uh, he used to say to me, you know, he'd say, here's, here's how you could tell. And this gets into like, you know, pre Davies model thinking, but you know, he grew up over there and he, he said, after someone touches the ball, does their team still have the ball? Right. It's the most mm. basic, <laughs> it's the most basic way to look at it, yeah. you know, because we we played with guys who would get the ball, beat a guy, beat another guy, take on a double team, and it's like, oh, we don't have the ball anymore. And it's not in the back of the net. So that was a failed series of touches you, for that. You just guy. described <laughs> Adama Traore's entire career right there. <laughs> uh, you didn't even know you were doing it, but you just did. <laughs> no, but the, the one in 50 times when he pulls it off, you're like, how can you stop this guy? You know, he, he's uh he's he's Derrick Henry. I mean, yeah. How do you how do you bring him down? How do you stop him? Uh, I love that. The, the, the Davies. Okay. So uh, that's good. And for has been great. Um, obviously I love my, uh, my Caribbean brother, Mikel Antonio. Um, I, I have a lot, a lot to root for. Um, I mean, I mean, the big question though, Hench is, are you going to donate some money to some animal shelters in honor of Kurt Zuma's actions or what are we going to oh, handle that one? Leave well, happy we'll alone. See. You know, I, I had a, I had a, I had a recent win on West Ham. Maybe I could, maybe I could dedicate <laughs> a portion of my winnings when they come through for me. 
Yeah. So has do you feel cleansed? Do you feel reborn anew as a hammer? I tell you, I think this is really going to be a good counterweight to Phil dancing with the devil. And by the way, Phil, <laughs> to get to my back to my Pablo Escobar point, you just this. went on the record saying this guy fucking murdered Jamal Khashoggi. You want to go to the kingdom and stand over a 10-foot putt on 18? Like <laughs> you be disappeared. Oh my God. Okay. Well, nobody's disappearing underneath uh, the new, the Olympic stadium with the West Ham flag under that we know of. So I think you've made a good choice. I think you're on the right path. Uh, I would love it if you would come back in a few months, check in with us about how the hammers are doing. And also I've been dying to ask you a question. I want you to think about it until you come back. Cause okay. uh, we don't have, we don't have another hour. I want you to compare NFL refs to premier league refs. Next time we talk. Because okay. I know how you feel about oh, this already. I need I need oh. that rant in my life. Premier, Premier League refs have a lot less help. Lots, <laughs> lots of them out there. Um, all right. Well, I hope I'm forever blowing bubbles. But uh, even if this only lasts a couple seasons, uh, I'm excited for my my new adventure. Well, we'll bring right. you back. We'll bring you back on when they're lifting the Europa League trophy. They'll see. All right. Well, thank you so much, Hench. You can catch him on minus three. Uh, usually on Thursdays, he's on the second episode each week where he's dynamite. So if you want to hear all of his uh, Boston takes, his sports takes, and now his Hammers takes. And by the way, Hench, Damashek uh, shows the Spurs. So you guys have your own little London Derby on minus three from here on out. Oh, well, that there will be some wagers there for sure. He's, all right. You know, he's, he's signed up for more misery because expectations are always higher for them. Yeah, well, he's got to he's got to talk soccer and wager against you, so that's going to be a miserable end for him since uh, you're a little bit more of a heavyweight in this space. But that's never stopped him before. So thank you so much for joining us, and awesome. uh, we will be right back after this break with Cousin Sal. All right, welcome back, and with us is the big boss of the Extra Points Podcast Network, Cousin Sal Iacono. Um, how you doing, Sal? Good. I'm doing well. I feel uh, for a big boss, I'm going to have the, the least to offer for this podcast in terms of uh, I bet Shaq and, and Hench were very, very passionate about whoever they pretended to like. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to do my best here. Yeah. Believe it or not, Hench had some takes. Believe it, he just came out right? firing, huh? Uh, so, uh, Sal and I watched a little bit of soccer over Super Bowl weekend and I was just telling the story off there, but I won't tell it on it Friday night before we're going to watch some games together. Uh, he pulls up his phone, he pulls up Twitter, he pulls up the graphic for the five pint pickoff. He looks me dead in the eyes and says, Hey, who did Brett take? Cause I should probably take that one instead of yours. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. He had like 17 pints um, uh, uh, assigned to this one bet. So that scene, and you're like, oh, he's plus 28 units last month. I'm like, that's, a, I mean, what more do I need? I'm sorry you were insulted, Toby, but what is is, right? Yeah, no, it was super smart. But because I don't care if you win or lose when you insult me, I forgot to inform you that he's O for his last 11 yeah. bets. And you, no, have, son of a bitch. Variance variance has come back in a very strong way. <laughs> o for 11. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. What happened there? So check the, <laughs> check the top half of the graphic next time. Your boy Toby's not doing that bad. <laughs> All right, I never get to the top of the graphic. It's so bad. Yeah. All right, so uh, Sal, you have a checkered history of picking teams. Damashek was more yes. than happy to pick on you for your Cowboys selection as a child because that's what Damashek does. He, he. he beats up on the decisions of children, um, but <laughs> <Right>. otherwise. <laughs> You are a hardcore supporter. He has so that's why he had so many of them with uh, <laughs> with sixteen different women. But go ahead, yeah. <laughs> uh, a hardcore, a hardcore Mets fan. Uh, very loyal yeah. in the teams that you pick. And I know that this is going to be a slow burn for you. Whoever you pick today, it's not suddenly you're going to be wrapped around in their gear and flying over to see their games the next day. But you don't know that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to make sure that, that, that they capture your heart over time. I'm going to be sending you the text, just like uh, some of our mutual friends bother you about their favorite teams. I'm going to make sure okay. you're still following them. So I want you to choose carefully today. All right. 
I am going to try. I'm going to try to stick with this. I really because um, I don't have enough passions, as you know, so I want to <laughs> add this one. Uh, I will say I don't want to bore you with this, but uh, this did fi- uh, factor into my decision here. The two things I love about soccer and the two things I hate. The, the one thing that I love um, is not going to lead me to one team or another. I love that you can wake up at Saturday on Saturday on the West Coast at 730 in the morning and immediately start betting and watch. And if you have a bad night the night before, it could even be 430 in the morning, you know, if you're, you know, you're struggling to catch any shut eye there. And then it's almost like it's kind of like over by noon. If, yep. I, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. I know that's right. So that's great. You can go on with your day. I also love the fans. Right. And so uh, that factored in. But a lot of these are such rabid fan bases. It's really tough to uh, distinguish between uh, any of them. But the things I hate is what, you know. I don't want to bore you, but it's kind of what probably most people hate about soccer. The flopping, for one, or yep. as they call it, diving. Do they call it diving or flopping? Diving. Uh, both, of, <laughs> both of them are used with diving more, more colloquially. Okay. And I like goals. I don't like the lack of goals, right? So uh, waking up in the morning, that wasn't going to change. Fan base, like I said, that wasn't going to be uh, too much of a factor, although I, I realize some, were, uh, some hooligans are more revered than others. Um the diving for my team, I looked up the team I selected. The top 10 divers, but I, I read a bunch Ooh. of articles, are not on my team here. Although uh, there's going to be one, there's not, you, you're probably going to go after me for one. But um, I, I have, a, when, when I tell you who it is, you'll decide uh, if, if it matters or not. Uh, and also, because I like goals, I wanted team a team that scores twice a game. I don't think that's asking for a lot that your team, you're excited twice. In a nine, and I'm not talking about your team makes a save off a lackluster shot. I want to be excited with a goal. I want uh, the songs to start and everything twice a game. So yep. Hold the on. problem is, uh, were you about to reveal or tell us the problem? Because before you reveal, I'm going to make Brett uh, kind of go for a raise here and see if he can guess who doesn't dive and who scores twice a game. So, you, Brett, you think about who he's, he's describing, but let Sal finish mm-hmm. up uh, with what the problem well, is. Well, actually, this is the time to do it because now I'm going to go into specifics about uh, who I didn't pick. So, Come on, um, Brett. You're, yeah. on, you're on the spot. This, I mean, who doesn't dive and scores twice a game? That's Liverpool. Is it Liverpool, yeah. Sal? Well, here's the thing. I backed off the twice uh, two goals a game thing because I didn't want to take the top three teams. I don't want to take Liverpool. I don't want to take Chelsea. I didn't okay. want to take Man City. So I settled on 1.6 goals a game because my team has scored 40 goals in 25 matches this year. And it's Manchester United. Oh, and no. Is that bad? Oh, I mean, they're the Sal, fourth best. Sal, Sal. What, what? I screwed up. Oh my God! <laughs> what did I do? Manchester United? No. Yeah. What? Uh, should I change to West Ham? Uh, should I jump no, on Hench no, and, and no, Mikey Meatballs? Ne- never ever follow Hench. I mean, we definitely know the answer to that <laughs> one. So that is not the the wagon you want to hitch to. But Manchester Listen. United, come on, pal. Did you know that they have 20 league titles? The Manchester United Red Red Wagons? Is it Red Wagons? It's Red Devils. It's the Red, red Devils is a little it's a little redundant by the way. I know there's blue demons and stuff, but red we don't need Red Devils. It's red, but anyway, I like it. I like the uniforms. I like Red Devils. Uh they're 12 right now. I think uh well we're doing this a couple of days before. They're 12 6 and 7 or 12 7 and 6 you soccer fans for some reason put the the draw in the middle instead of the win loss it should be win loss draw uh when you're when you're listing the the table oh. and by the way it shouldn't be called a table either there's already something called a table you oh. have to invent a word like standings which means nothing else also, uh, so except for home yeah. teams are listed first so be ready for that home teams are li- oh right no that i happen to know too oh, oh, that yeah. i can get used to whatever that's probably how it should be by the way 20 league titles I don't know if you know this. They called Old Trafford the theater of dreams. Mm-hmm. I did know that. <laughs> no, you do. I know. I know. Okay. So here's where I really, this was going to be a negative for me, but I uh, chose to embrace it. I know they're owned by Americans, which is good for me up front, except it's the Glazers, it's right? It's the Glazers, um, yep. And people hate them. And that's probably why you just uh, threw a temper tantrum when I picked um Man, it's one of one of the reasons when I picked uh, Man U. But I can relate to teams who don't like their owners. I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. I've never rooted for a team who absolutely hated their owner, right? I kind of like the Knicks a little bit, but it's not. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna die on that hill. Uh, and so I might as well go all in. 
That's it. I'm going all in on a team that fans that hate their owners. They they protest. They stormed the field last year, right? Uh, and uh, I don't know. Talk me out of it. R Ralph Ragnick, he's the interim coach. He established the Ralph Ragnick uh, Foundation with Ames to support children in their development and enable their personalities to flourish. Who oh. the hell knows what that means? Who cares? That's great. <laughs> All right. So, Talk me out of the Red Devils. No, 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 no. I want you to feel very comfortable in picking a team that's won the league 20 times that you're going to be climbing on. <laughs> I want you to feel very, very good about that. But from a soccer yeah. point of view, Brent, go ahead and tell him what he just signed up for. Oh, a dumpster fire, Sal. I'm sorry, man. Like, I kind of I kind of want to take this pick and I just want to step back and like zoom out a little bit and just say, you know, Sal, I know you've had these dysfunctional relationships with your other teams, but you are worthy mm -hmm. of real love. You you don't have to do this. <laughs> you can find a better, healthier relationship with the sports. I don't team. think so. <laughs> I don't think I am. <laughs> I've been around a half a century. Why it wouldn't have happened by now? And by the way, to that uh, point, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around. So I could pick a Norwich or some team that's like uh, 73rd on, on the table, uh, but I'm not going to be around to see that team progress. I don't, yeah. I can't go through three I, relegations. I, I got to take, you say I don't want to take a top. <laughs> I don't want to say it, it bothers me for something. I don't want to take a top two or three team. So what did I do? I, I went with the fourth. I know. Team, yeah. You, you said you didn't want to be a front runner. Then you picked fucking Manchester United. So, so like, They're not even the best Manchester. This, this, does seem really fitting though for like a Cowboys fan, right? Like you're, you're you. coming in. Dallas has been a train wreck since the nineties and Manchester United has been a train wreck since Sir Alex Ferguson left. So there is definitely like a symmetry there. And I think that that actually is kind of a cool thing. And it helps you probably relate to your sports team, right? Is you're used to that. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you were, you weren't there for Manchester United's glory years, but you know, you're, you understand what happens when an, an iconic team falls on its face or yes. in Manchester United's case turns into a gigantic dumpster fire inside a warehouse fire. Oh, so, no. Yeah. So wow. just so you know, Sal, in, the, in the podcast, when we were uh, giving advice of which teams to pick who I compared Manchester United to is the Yankees Duke and uh, a team that at that time was called the Washington football team. And now has an entirely <laughs> different name from when I taped that podcast. So Tread lightly, my friend, because you are signing up for a Dan Snyder-esque experience. Wow. By the way, the Washington Red Devils wouldn't have been terrible. I mean, really, a lot of nice dual meaning there and everything. You keep the, get to keep the red. I don't think anyone's going to be offended that, that they screwed up uh, by that. Well, uh, well, I don't know. Well, Listen, look, I'm not changing here, but they have Ronaldo, right? He's one of the best. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. he's... <laughs> he's, ahead, wa he's washed at this point. Um, but you uh, are getting damn. you are getting Marcus Rashford, who is um and not maybe he's a frustrating player sometimes on the pitch. Uh he's a young guy he played, he started his career like he came up through their academy, you know, he's Manchester United kid all the way through. And then um, but he does amazing work in the community and he's really beloved in the soccer community because he kind of went against the whole entire British government to help with this, uh, like food, it was like a food assistance program, basically for underprivileged kids mm -hmm. that weren't getting fed because they weren't going to school during the pandemic. And Rashford, like took this torch, ran with it. And he, he kind of is, is plateaued. He never, like he came on the scene, he burst on the scene. Everybody thought, Oh, this is the next big Manchester United legend. This kid's going to be great. And then he's mm -hmm. kind of petered out, but you are getting like one of the all time soccer good guys. So I don't know if that there matters you to you, but it's actually, of it's course pretty cool. It matters. Yeah. Yes. Oh. I love what these guys do in the community. Toby is always telling us we need to build community. So here we go. <laughs> and uh, that's why I'm a big fan of uh, whoever you just said. On, uh, <laughs> and also they have a, they have a James Gardner and uh, you guys may be too young for this, but the Rockford files with James Gardner, one of my favorite TV shows growing up. Oh. So he probably doesn't even play that much. No, now you're good yeah. to go. Yeah, no, Paul Pogba is really special to watch when he plays for France. Um, he's been mm -hmm. less inspiring when he's in a red uniform. Nobody's quite sure why, but he might not be in one <laughs> next year. Uh, Harry Maguire is a train wreck, in my opinion. Um, so I hope you enjoy watching that in the back line as he just kind of hacks guys down indiscriminately, drawing cards. I don't and pay attention the to ref. the back line. That's but true. Just like the top of the graphic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my, true. My, my whole thing is I, I will know that Sal is totally bought in when you start sending me texts that 
going, Sal just can't stop ripping on Scott McTominay. He fucking hates him. That Sal is taking this seriously, and he is a true United fan. Oh, What's his God. problem? He doesn't, wait, he doesn't wait donate to the community? Wait till he gets the to midfield. That is going to be a good day for all of us. <laughs> so so uh, McTominay is another man. Oh, we have to explain the Scott McTominay thing. So McTominay is but, like... Uh, there's there was a team back in uh like the early like, like the late mid to late aughts and they're the stoke city and they're managed by this guy named tony pulis and pulis is like mm-hmm. fucking hated in soccer because he 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 created these teams that were just thugs like they break guys this is before the premier league started really cracking down on some of the tackles but they would break guys legs they'd foul the shit out of you they'd just get big six foot five guys put them across the back line and like turn things into basically like a rugby match and mm-hmm. Scott McTominay would have been a fucking king of those Stoke City teams. <laughs> and in this Premier League, he looks like a fish out of water because he's this six foot three central midfielder. He doesn't have a ton of skill. He's just this big bodied guy that just hits people and sometimes like bulldozes his way into a goal every Ooh, seven to eight matches. Okay. But he is ultimately a very frustrating part of the Manchester United existence because he's a guy that they just can't find someone to better replace they have to keep putting them out there yeah really yeah. well if he doesn't dive and from what you just said he, he does, he's true. not a diver he's not a diver he's diving head first into defender's chest but that does that's a, not what i count as a dive so no i mean you're I'm okay gonna, with you that. actually might love him like if somebody dives the most likely guy to kick him in the head is uh, mctomaday so <laughs> perfect it's definitely that's gonna, mine. definitely good to deter people from doing it and i i will say the more now that i've got my visceral reaction out of it my oh i can't believe you did it it makes complete sense for you because they are a lot like the cowboys they feel mm-hmm. like the god god-given right to win every year they underperform against their uh, expectations over and over again they're very flashy mm. in the marketplace but they don't always come through and they're extremely frustrating to bet so every single time that you figured out Dak and you're like, oh, it's definitely going to be over this mm-hmm. week. That's when the under uh, comes up to bite you. And when you th- expect a wide open offense and the McFred midfield completely drowns them out and they suddenly <laughs> play one zero games. So like I am I am super excited for this. If you had picked Liverpool or Manchester City or some juggernaut, like we would have had a, a very smooth ride. But you are signing up right. on a roller coaster and now you get to experience the highs and the lows. And I'm lucky enough to go for that ride with you. So and you, you definitely are buying he is buying low on Manchester United right That's now. That's what I was trying to do here. Do they have a brewing cheerleader scandal right now? Because that would really just like <laughs> pin it over me. You, you would just get confused at who you're watching. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All uh, right. So this was super fun. We now have a new spur, a new hammer, and a new red devil here at the Extra Points Podcast Network. Uh, Sal, obviously, will either come on one of your 10,000 shows or maybe you can come back on our little <laughs> humble ship here and uh, talk about a little bit more in a few months see if it really sunk in and see if you're still enjoying that mcfred midfield i love it i'm i'm uh i am ordering a mcfred uh <laughs> a jersey right now where do i even go do they have that on amazon what do i do no if, if you actually want a tom and a jersey you have to fight somebody and rip it off their back they don't sell them in stores I'll do that too. Go Red Devils. All right. Thanks so much for joining us, Sal. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this special edition of Covered in Glory. Uh, go on to the Extra Points Podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, the Extra Points Podcast Twitter feed to see our picks for this weekend. And we will be back with a normal episode next week. So until that time, I uh, hope you enjoy the games and thanks for listening. <laughs>